What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Jesus is so good. Jesus is so good. He is so loving. Again, a loving parent teaches their kids, hey, look both ways before you go out in the road. A bad parent doesn't care. A bad parent just lets their kids run the streets. A bad parent just, no, you know, but Jesus is loving. And so love warns. Love speaks the truth. Love foretells. Hey, this is, if you keep going down this direction, this is going to happen to you. It's truth and love. Truth and love. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Grace is not grace unless there's truth with it. And Jesus here, he tells the people of Jerusalem again what's going to happen. Not only in Luke 19. But now he's doing it in Luke 21. It says, but when you see, verse 20, Luke 21, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation has come near. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are inside the city depart. Let not those who are in the country enter it, for these are the days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for they will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. And again, he said this in 33 AD, it happened in 70 AD, and the people that took his word seriously, they escaped. God desires none should perish. He is good. He's trying to save you. It's love. I want you to keep your place here real quick because Jesus speaks of this wrath that's going to come on these people, this people. This is not talking about the great tribulation. This was speaking of 70 AD that was going to happen and Jesus was prophesying. Again, this is how we know Jesus is God, because by 70 AD, these, these things that were said were already written. Luke 11.50, please. Luke 11.50. We'll come back to, 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 to Luke 21, but go to Luke 11.50, please. Chris, it's New Year's. I want to be encouraged. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm encouraging you to repent. I want to feel good. I know, I know, I know. Luke eleven fifty. listen, so Jesus, again, he's, he's prophesying, he's speaking, and he says that the blood of all the prophets, 
shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. And you want to highlight this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Talk about a generational curse. doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. We're not God. And the patience of God, because he's slow to anger, abounding in love. He was patient. He was patient. He was patient. He was patient. It reached its place. And Jesus said of this generation, it's going to be required of you. Go back to Luke 21, 24. This is really important. They will fall by the edge of the sword. They will be led captive among the nations. So the Israelites, the Jewish people, were dispersed into many nations. Again, this is, we've talked about this before, but this is why you can go online and you can find uh, black Ethiopian Jews that are coming to Israel, just like the, 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 the Jews in Europe coming to, 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 to Israel, because they were displaced to the nations, to the nations, plural. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. Gentile means non-Jewish. Until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I want you to put there 1967. Why is 1967 important? Because that is when Israel, Israel, the nation, they took over Jerusalem, 1967. And so what Jesus said in 33 AD, that the Gentiles would rule over Israel until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And so there's a clock that has started. And so, Christian, do you understand the time that you're in? You're responsible to know. You're responsible to understand. You're responsible. And not only are you responsible, but your family, and I'm, I'm, listen, I say this in love. Your family will suffer if you do not take heed. Your children and your grandchildren potentially could suffer if you do not take heed. Jessifane, if you could put up why Israel, January the 6th, this is why we're doing these so that we can understand why Israel. Why is this important? Why is Israel so important in the last days as a church? Why? We don't want you to be uninformed. We don't want you to be unaware. I want you to, to uh, put up, Jessaphane, the picture of the Janja weed. 
Some are like, Janja weed, where you, this guy went to weed, what's going on, man, what's going on? Let's, let's go ahead and turn to Zechariah 12, please. And just Fane, if you could just keep that up. Zechariah 12. It says, the oracle of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. So who's it concerning? Israel. Israel. This is what I want to say in all humility, by the way, and please. There is this deception when you go online. Who are the real Israelites? Who are the real Jews? Are they Askenani? Are they this? Are they that? Please, 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 please. God... He makes things plain. The gospel's easy for a child to understand. The book of Revelation means Jesus wants to reveal, not conceal. We have to be very careful what we take in because there's a lot of deception that's out there. Thus declares the Lord who stretched out the heavens and founded the earth and formed the spirit of man within him. So God is saying right here, you need to listen up. I made this world. I made you and everything in it. I'm about to say something that's important. Behold, I'm about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all surrounding peoples. Is that happening right now? Yes. Was it happening for 2,000 years? No. No. The siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. On that day, on that day, it's speaking of a day, a day to come. Jerusalem will be a heavy stone for all peoples. All peoples? Yeah, all peoples. All the people all over the world, Jerusalem's going to be a heavy stone. And all who lift it surely will hurt themselves, and all the nations of the earth will gather against it. Listen, this is such an amazing prophecy. Do you know when this prophecy went forth, Israel was under occupation? They were under control of, of another empire, this puny little place in the desert, very small, about the size of Rhode Island, this little place, God is saying, at the last day, the whole world is going to be watching Israel. Their eyes are going to be on Israel. In fact, when this was being built, Nehemiah was building the broken down wall. And Jerusalem was such a poor place, it, nobody wanted to live there. Well, what do you mean, Chris? Yeah, listen, Nehemiah 11.2. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to live in Jerusalem. The holy city while nine out of ten remained in their other towns. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. Nobody wanted to live in Jerusalem. They cast lots. 
But then there was people that said, hey, I'll sacrifice. I'll go live there. Do you know this prophecy said about a place no one wanted to live and there were cast lots to go there that the whole world's eyes will be watching? And again, this book was written 500 years before Jesus was born. And here we are, 2,500 years later, kingdoms have come and gone. God's word is true. We're looking at what? Israel. Israel. What's in the news? Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Israel. And there's this fight. And there's this drama. And meanwhile, in the Sudan, hundreds of thousands of people are being murdered because of genocide. The Janjaweed here... They came into this refugee camp and they killed about 800 people. Killed them all. Why? Because they're Muslim, radical Muslims, basically Muslims obeying their book. And they're killing these Christian refugees in Sudan. Most of us haven't heard about that. It's not making the news, is it? Why? 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 Most of us, we haven't heard of the Uyghurs in China. The Uyghurs in China, yeah, there's been about a million over the past 10 years, a million people that have been put into concentration camps in China. And you hear nothing about that. And what about right now? There's a million Afghans right now they're being forcefully deported from Pakistan. One million people. Get out of our country. It's happening right now. A million people deported. We're hearing about that in the news. Is that, is that a big deal? No. It's Israel. Why? Why these other people? Why these other places? Why? Why? Why, not the, why not the heightened sense of, why is everybody focused on this little area that's the size of Rhode Island? Why is everybody focused on that? Because God said, all the people will be drinking this cup of drunkenness and they're going to try to divide up the land. They're going to try to separate it. God declared it. It would be a heavy stone for all the people. I want you to put up the Brookings Institute. This was a recent study. <clears throat> Where's my boomers, by the way? All right. Shout out. You guys are doing good. You guys are doing good. But I, I want you to see what's happening my Generation Z, say lame. I'm just kidding, a bunch of jits. Um, listen, and I'm going to show you why in a second. But millennials and, 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 and the silent generation, you see how the graph goes down. This is the sympathy as Gallup has done this research, right, in 2023. So it's fresh. The younger we get, the more we don't like Israel. Why is that? Because we have a society that's training people. 
There's a culture, there's a speak, there's a talk, and uh, Jessifane, put on the, the next uh, clip that I had. Sorry about this picture that's sideways here. I think I grabbed it off a TV screen while I was uh, sucking down a chicken wing or something. Anyway, so this is TikTok. And since the October 7th attack on Israel, I want you to see what Generation Z and millennials believe. Who are they with? They're on the wrong side. Why? Because they're spending more time on TikTok than in the Word of God. This is a problem. And if you're still in, if you're still in um, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 3, I want you to see what God says. It says, all the nations of the earth will gather against Israel. So that is a prophetic word that all the nations of the world will gather against Israel. That is happening. That is happening. That is happening. Why are you yelling? Because that is happening. That's a 2,500-year-old prophecy, and it's happening, and most of us don't care. And most of us don't even know. And some of us in here are on the wrong side. Chris, why, why are you getting all, like, extra, bro? Because Jesus... He's weeping. My people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. I've been on the wrong side and I didn't even know it because we're not discerning the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age. Jessavane, put up the next picture. You can read this at your own time in Joel chapter 1, or excuse me, Joel chapter 3. But this is another biblical prophecy. The book of Joel was written hundreds of years before Christ was even born, thousands of years ago. But it says, in the last days, I will restore the fortunes of Israel. Do you know in 1948, Israel became a nation? Can a nation be born at once? It became a nation. And in that short amount of time, roughly 80 years, they are, sorry for the chicken scratch, they're right here. They're 18 out of 195 nations. This little place, the size of Rhode Island, is number 18 in the world financially. Again, this is God's word, Joel chapter 3, in the last days when I restore the fortunes, when I restore the fortunes. Also in Joel 3, it says, they divided up my land. This is why for me as a Christian, I'm against the two-stage solution. Why? Because Zechariah chapter 12, and Joel chapter 3. Don't divide up my land. So, hey, yeah, I don't want to be a part of that. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 24. 
Matthew chapter 24. So, again, Israel, we have to keep our eye on Israel. We have to keep our eye on what's going on in Israel, according to Jesus, according to the Bible, but also we have to keep our eye on cultural, culture, culture. You have to keep your eye on culture. Matthew 24, 36, Jesus, he's, he's being asked, when are you coming back, Jesus? It says, concerning the day and the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father also. Listen, there's bad doctrine in the church that says, well, Jesus says that we're not going to know, so why even try to talk about that stuff? Why even try to figure that stuff out? Listen, this is why context is important, because when Jesus says no one knows, then he gives us signs to know. So we should want to know. We should be aware of this time. And, and again, that's, yeah, so reminder, remember what he told those people. <laughs> Guys, you didn't know the time of your coming. Now you're responsible and your children are responsible. And because you're not taking heed to my word, 1.1 million people died because they neglected the word of Jesus. 37. For as we're in the days of Noah. We don't have time to go there, but you can look at Genesis 6 in your own time. But what describes Noah's day? What describes the culture? It was corrupt. Do we see corruption going on? It was violent. Do we see violence going, going on? Wicked. Do we see wickedness going on in our culture? Those three words describe Genesis 6 of what was going on in Noah's day. Corrupt, violent, and wicked. Now, Chris, I came to get encouraged. Can't you tell me how to lose weight? Yeah. Here it is right now. You ready? Hebrews 12. Throw off every weight that entangles you. And the sin, the sin. So the weight and the sin are two different things. Some of us have weight that we're carrying, which is false ideologies and deception from the world that's hindering us so we can't run the race. And so, hey, I hope you do lose some weight today. Genesis 6, 5 says this, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In his heart, I'm bent on evil. When's my next high? When's my next drink? When's my next? Hearts are bent on that. And we see this in our culture and in our world. Verse 38, Matthew 24, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and they were unaware. Noah preached for a hundred years every day, building some dumb little boat 
as a big boat. Wasn't dumb either. God designed it. Forgive me, Lord. They were unaware until the flood came and slept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. People just not aware. Then two men will be in the field, one taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one taken and one left. <coughs> I don't know. It may sound like a rapture. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right. 42. Therefore, stay what? Awake. Stay awake. You ever driven a car and been so focused on something else and you end up at your spot where you're supposed to be and you're like, man, I don't even remember driving. That's how most people are. They're sleepwalking. They're not aware. They're not awake. For you do not know, verse 42, on what day your Lord is coming. But know this that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed what? Awake. And would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. We ready. We ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Verse 45, who then is faithful and wise? Faithful and wise servant. Christian, Christian, listen, ask the Holy Spirit, am I being a faithful and wise servant with what you've given me? Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if the wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed, and he begins to beat his fellow servants, eats and drinks with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, at an hour he does not know, and he will cut him in pieces, and he will put him with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said that. Christian, you've been playing games with Jesus? One foot in the church, one foot out. Busy about building your kingdom when he has his kingdom that he's trying to advance, but it can't do what it's called to do because you're trying to build your own kingdom. We talk about revival. I look back in Moses' time where they were building the house of God. And they had to tell the people, stop giving money. We have way too much. I want to see that kind of revival. This is heavy. It's heavy. 
So this is your wake-up call from a God that loves you, from a God that has a plan for your life, that he's calling you to wake up. And most of us, we're asleep. I want you to turn to Matthew 5.13. So we need to watch Israel We need to watch the culture. We need to be aware of these times that we're in. It's going to be like in the days of Noah. We need to be aware. I want to leave you with this encouragement. It's finally here. Now, if you need to focus on He's going to cut you in pieces, throw you with the hypocrites, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, which is hell, which the fire does, does, is not quenched there. The worm doesn't die. And you need to focus on that. But for those of us who are in Christ, listen, it's time to be salty. Say, I'm salty. Salty. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. I want you to understand something. Jesus never challenged us to be salt. He says we are salt. Say, I'm salty. I'm salt. It's not that I got to strive to be something, but when I put my faith in Christ and his, his death on the cross where I've asked for forgiveness for my sins and I've turned away from my sins and turned toward God and asked him, please have mercy on me. His Holy Spirit comes inside of me and all of a sudden that Spirit's presence now makes me salt. Jesus never challenged us to become salt. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Just like he says, you are light. The you in this grammar here is emphatic. You are. Don't question it. I'm salty if I'm in Christ. Don't question it. You are emphatic. You are. The you is also plural, meaning salt's no good by itself. When salt is put in a salt shaker, now it's useful. You put one little grain of salt on a piece of meat, on a piece of vegetable, you're not going to taste it. But when it's put together, all of a sudden, ooh, that is good. The church if you will, is a salt shaker where we come together and we remind each other of what Christ has done on the cross and who we are in Christ, that we are the people of God and we are called to be salt where? In the earth. That's our J-O-B. The question is, how can I be salt in this earth? 
I understand assault by itself, it, it, it's not going to work very good. This is why Scripture warns us and tells us and in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's what's happening today. I'm trying to stir you up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's a day drawing near. There's a day drawing near. And are we awake? When we come together as salt, we wake up. If you can put up the mountains, please. This is the reality of, it's a teaching called uh, Seven Mountains. There's a lot of controversy around it, but I, I just want to focus in on it, that, that the reality is there's different things in our world where we're losing. You know, trying to, to, to walk up Mount Him Everest alone, it's not going to go well. You got to have a team. And we have a lot of people that are not in the salt shaker, learning how to be salty, coming together, climbing some of these mountains. I want you to, uh, Jessifane, put up the next one. There is this mountain of education that we're losing, that we've lost in our society. And look at this school board member being sworn in on, on, on a stack of, of gay poor. Instead of the Bible, like it is in your face, this culture in the days of Noah, it's like, hey, this is who we are, and we don't care what you think, we don't care what you say, and so we're losing ground in the education realm, we're losing ground in, in media, and media has deceived us, and many of us fell into deception over the last few years, you know, and, 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 and they're brainwashing us. In the business realm, in these different areas of these mountains, we're not coming together collectively at a church and saying, okay, man, who, I have a passion to end abortion. What can I do about that? And who's with me? And we're going to make a salt shaker that will come together and that will do that, right? Al's teaching a class on finances. Who's passionate about finances? How can we come together and do something about that and take the hill and take the mountain? Jesus said that we're going to skip and leap over the mountains. He says that you could take the mountains and throw it into the sea by faith. And so we're to take over mountains, but we're not doing that because we're not together. We're one piece of salt. Next picture, please. This is what's going on. We have a generation that is, I mean, when you saw the clip, Palestinian, pro-Palestinian on, on TikTok, how many stand with Israel understand they've been brainwashed? And here's us in the church. We look over the past few years, guys. There's been deception that's gone through our nation. Deception's going to happen. It's going to go through our world. In the last days, deception is the hallmark of the end times. And if we are not coming together around the word of God, discerning what we're going to do, something's coming again. Something's coming again. And we will fall prey 
because we're not together and we're not focused and we're not abiding in the reality that we are the salt of the earth. Salt preserves. Salt was used because they didn't have refrigeration back then to preserve the decay. We are called to be salt of the earth where we stand in Christ and we push back the darkness. We push back the darkness. This is who we are. We are to preserve. And so are you awake? Are you aware? Are you being salt? Are we coming together like a salt shaker? Are we focused? Are we taking mountains, right? But here's what Jesus says next in 5.13. He says, if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Today, if you realize you're not awake, today, if you've lost some saltiness, Jesus said in Psalm 23, I will restore your soul. He can do it today. Some of us have strongholds in our life where we want to do X, Y, and Z, and we have plans to get up at 5 a.m. and work out and do this and do that, and it's not going to happen. You know why it's not going to happen? Because you have a stronghold in your life where you believe you're not a morning person, and it may happen for one week or two weeks, but that, that stronghold isn't torn down by the word of God and by prayer, you're going to be trapped in your normal way of life because you believe a lie. Jesus restores. And look at this here. And I'm done. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. What well, does that mean I can lose my salvation? I don't think it's saying that here. Here's what it means. Romans would mix sea salt and sand in order to stop weeds from growing in the road. And so they would throw it out. Salt was still good for something, but it was trampled on by the people. When salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing except to be weed killer to be thrown out and trampled under people's foot. I want you to turn to Luke 10, 19. I told you 5, 13 was the last place. I lied. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You have to. You're a Christian. You have a decision. You know, Jesus is, is, you're either for me or you're against me. You're either asleep or you're awake. You're either about the kingdom first or you're about your own kingdom. And this prophetic word today is given from, from the Bible, speaking about this time, speaking about our culture I put up news clips and different things so that you can see what's really, really going on, so that you're aware, that you're awake, so that you begin to wake up and come together, reminding of who you are. But here's what Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, and this is a promise for every single disciple. Luke 10, 19, it says, behold, I've given you authority. Say, I have authority. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, all authority has been given to me. That means the devil has none. You stand in your authority, and you are salt. You're salt. 
I've given you authority to tread or to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Say, all the power of the enemy. We don't do that because we're not awake, we're not coming together in the body of Christ, we're not taking his words seriously, so we don't trample, we don't walk in authority. I am salt. I am salt. And when I come together with Gary and with Al, right, guess what? Wherever we jump on, that thing is going to taste way better. (laughs) You will trample on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Matthew 5.13, you lose your flavor. You lose your flavor, thrown out to be what? Trampled on. The culture is going to trample on you. The enemy is going to trample on you. When you say, okay, here I am, Lord. I want to be salt. I'm coming together. I want to be wide awake. I want to repent. I want to begin to walk in that authority. Guess what's going to happen? You will trample on. So listen, you're going to either be trampled on or you're going to trample on. Jesus wants you to trample on all the power of the enemy. All the power? Yeah, all the power of the enemy. That's what he wants. That's his will for your life. He loves you. Jessophane, if you can play this video. Darren, if you can come up. Got my special salt gear on. So we're at Helen Moon. We just got some seawater from the Menai Strait 24 hours ago. It was evaporated outside. Now it's in these crystallization vats. And it has a heater over here that's going to continue to heat it so that the salt crystals form at the top. Once they form fully, they will sink to the bottom. And we got to use this shovel here to scoop out the sea salt and put it into the drain. We're going to rinse it now. It's like panning for gold. Yeah, let's do it. So that's where the little holes are there. All the small salt falls through. We actually washed it in brine, so we washed it in water, it was just dissolved. What you have left here is the big crystals in the drying rack. Every day, fella from Wales gives you a diamond. Anthony, get jealous. Take all the salt and we put it into these dehydration chambers. And 24 hours later, the salt is finished. We put it into these storage buckets and it's ready to be packed and sent off for other people to enjoy. Why do we watch that weird video, Chris? What did the salt do? Nothing. It didn't do anything. It got put in the sun. 
It got put in the sun. And the evaporation from being in the sun, from being in the presence of God, removed what needed to be removed so that only the salt remained. And then it was sifted out. And then there was water. And then there was this, right? But from the outside, from the outside, they were doing it. They were doing that. The salt was receiving. The salt was receiving. This is your discipleship. This is your discipleship. Are you going to be salt and just sit and wait before the Lord? Jesus, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, Jesus, please, would you change me? Would you come? Would you pour your spirit out upon me? Would the light of the face of your countenance shine upon me that everything that is not of you would just go? Jesus, would you do in me what I can't do in myself so that I can be useful? So that I can be useful. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that in your love and truth, you are warning a people of how it's going to go down before it goes down. God, we just renounce being sucked into the world. Give us discernment, God, for this hour. Help us, God, to understand who we are in you. Receiving your love, receiving your affection. We ask that you would just burn away what doesn't belong, God. For those of us who have been asleep and not awake, God, I pray right now that you would just come and that you would awaken your bride. For the hour is short. The time is at hand. The kingdom is very near. Your return is coming, God. We pray, God, that you would do a mighty work today. And your people, that we would have a true revival coming into the reality of who we are in Christ and the fact that we're to be salt on this earth together. We need you, Jesus. We pray for the peace of Israel. Come now and have your way. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.